The Nowhere Fast podcast is brought to you in part by Sepp's Pizza. In addition to their regular menu, they are currently running a lunch special. Any two individual slices for $12, Tuesday through Friday, 11.30 until 2 p.m. Pick up only. Please visit sepspizza.com to place an order, or for any other information you might need. Thank you for listening, enjoy the episode, and enjoy the pie. Well, thank you so much for, uh, you know, quickly obliging to do this. You were almost record time to to get that on the book. Sometimes it takes a bit longer. But I I remember when we first met at the studio, you were among the first people who started coming in that I could tell they cared about what they were coming in for. I remember you would like come in for candles or magazines or some of the more obscure stuff, but we would always like chat about what it was. Like there were some people who would come in for that type of stuff and they were almost like just doing it because they had seen it like online or whatever. But I I could always tell that you were like a discerning customer. So now to watch what you've been doing like as a chef, winning all these awards, working at probably the top restaurant in the city just is extra cool to me because I feel like I I met you years ago and then now you're excelling so much. So I, I've been meaning to ask you to come on for a while. I'm glad we're finally doing it, but I just want to congratulate you on all the success as of late. Honestly, Kate, so it's funny that you say that because um, it's it feels like a huge, like um, a little bit of a like a role reversal, because that's how when I first met you, that's how I felt about you. Like because um, I wasn't always like being a chef wasn't always like my like number one goal. Like I started out as like fashion and retail. So right. then like you having like this really cool like small niche like clothing store that sold like lifestyle goods like that was like that was a dream to me so then whenever I like um got to actually come like visit you at the studio um and like chat with you and stuff like that to me was like always such a pleasure and then um and like I don't know like you you to me were like actually kind of like like a little bit of like a hero I was just like how like how do I how do I how do I get here do you know as if you just say you know what I'll attribute that to I I set out to build something that resonated that way with people and it only resonated with a handful of people and I think you were maybe one of them so I guess just kind of by coincidence we're we're here in this this nice conversation of trading raises. Yes. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, no. That actually was going to kind of be one of the first like lines of questioning. What, like, when did you kind of transition to food? Like, when did you not, not give up at all? That's a horrible way to put it. But when did you like, decide it wasn't going to kind of be fashion and it was going to be food industry? Well, like, um, 
like the the whole like fashion thing is still it's not like I've not really completely given up on it it's still kind of like on the back of my mind um but they've the two of them have always been like a huge part of my passion and like interest and stuff um kind of just like competing against each other but like um at that um I guess like time period in my life like it was like I was working I think at the at that point I was either working at like like g-star or like high grade and um so then it was like you know really like fashion like um that was like taking over and then um I remember so I was just starting out in university and um I just like I there's something about working in retail that I absolutely love like the like merchandising side of it and then like like buying and stuff and then um I so like I was uh taking like it's like majoring in like textiles and clothing and then um I actually liked working so much that I would like sometimes skip class to like pick up extra shifts at work not because I needed the money because I like lived at home and like whatever but just because I just enjoyed being at the store and then so like my my grades started dropping and then my parents were getting like so like pissed off and they told me that I couldn't work at a clothing store anymore because they knew that it was like it was the reason why my ba- my grades were bad and then so um so then I had to quit and then um one of my like really good clients um from uh G Star was actually like a chef and then so he was like oh if you're looking for like um just like some part-time work, like no pressure, whatever. Um, I know you enjoy food and like, like eating at like, uh, like fun restaurants and stuff. Like you can get a part-time job at the place that I'm working at. And then, so that's how I got started working in restaurants. And then, um, so like to me, working in restaurants was always like, just like a side gig. Um, that's cool. I I should have known this, but I didn't know that you worked for high grade at one point. I'm sure like half of the people listening don't know what that is, but I I really respect high grade and knew of it from years ago till whenever it, it was done. And they did such a good job at introducing really cool things the city i had no idea you were involved with that at one point but that's that's very cool and i uh suggest anyone listening look into what that is it's cool yeah (laughs) yeah no um like the um the owners are still like they've come by the restaurant a few times and uh yeah they're they're great people so and when like what years did you work there? Like you said it was infringing on your studies. Was that high school or like post-secondary? Uh, post-secondary. So um, I think I started there in 2011. And then and then I ended up actually just working there. Like it was like very sporadic. So I'd only be there like during the holiday season. And then I'd work for like the summer and I was there for about I started in 2011 and then I stayed until like 
I think it was like two two years before they closed. That's a good era too. Like there was was good brands like coming in at that time. That was like I feel that was a decent era for like that type of clothing. Maybe a, bit, yeah. a couple of years before and a couple of years after, I feel that stuff might have been in a bit of a lull. So in my opinion, those are great years to, to work in there. Yeah, they were really trying to like push things. Like I remember they started carrying like um, Helmet Lang for a little bit. Um, like Jeremy Scott was like going really strong in there. Um, and then uh, they were... And then, like, just in terms of, like, streetwear brands, like, they, like, that was when, like, um, like the hundreds blew up in that yeah. store. <laughs> and, like, and they're yeah. almost, like, they're embarrassing to even admit now, but it was, like, obey the hundreds, yes. that type of stuff. But, like, in yeah. that era, there was nothing cooler. So, yeah. like, everyone kind of smirking at that. You got to, like, think of when it was and how yeah. cool that was. Yeah. Oh, and the like some of the other ones that just kind of like uh, were definitely really cool, but I like they just came and went. Like like Jimber Fresh Jive, and then uh, was uh, a life. Yeah, a life was was. These are all incredible. I feel like you know not to like be an old head complaining, but that was when streetwear was kind of actually streetwear. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of pulling away from your origin story. So you left the clothing store to go work like part time in this restaurant. Where like what were you do? Like were you making food or were you like dishwashing at that point? Or I don't want to uh, offend you. Maybe maybe you've never dishwashed. No, actually. So it's funny actually. So whenever I'm at like um foos at my restaurant, whenever there's downtime. I I always jump in the dish pit because I whenever when I started in the restaurant like because like um because it's like a little like I feel a little bit uncomfortable about this because like it it's definitely like nepotism but like so going into the restaurant like as a um I guess I I would have been like 20 at the time 19 19 um like I was always in a scenario where I was friends with the chef. So then, um, and I didn't know anything and I, it's like really shitty, but I definitely always received a little bit of that. Like he was, he was just like, he knew that I didn't know anything and he knew that I wasn't there because I wanted this to be my career. And he's the one who kind of like brought me on. So then he was always really like nice to me. So then I, I didn't start out as a dishwasher and he knew that, like, what I was about, like, that I just was, like, really into fashion and that, like, I just needed a job to make some extra money. So then he would just, like, threw me on, like, the kitchen line and, like, that I was, like, really kind of artsy. So then I like, could make the food look pretty. But then even if I didn't know anything about, like, the food itself... So I was just kind of like making salads and like easy things. So like, yeah, I never, I didn't like start from the ground up, like um, a lot of other like chef origin stories. I mean, that that's okay. Everyone gives yeah. like all that nepotism a hard time. And of course, like sometimes it's kind of 
iffy, but that that doesn't sound like an abuse of power. And anyway, that just sounds like you kind of got hooked up a little bit because you knew someone. That's kind of how it goes in a lot of industries. So yeah, I think, oh I yeah, think so you can forgive yourself. Do you actually? Can I interrupt? Were you cooking? At all, like in your own life at that point, or were you more interested in like going to restaurants and eating other people's food? Um. So yeah, I, I did like go out to eat a lot, but then um, I did cook it like home. Like uh, I watched a shit ton of like Food Network, and then I did really like cooking. So, but like cooking at home and then cooking in a restaurant, they're like two completely different beasts. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of food were you making at home? Uh mostly just like um like I, I did like to like challenge myself. So like the first thing I ever learned how to make was like risotto. Um and then it's funny actually, so um the the store manager that I worked with at uh, G Star, she like her and I got really close because she also really enjoyed cooking. So then we'd sometimes like after work we'd just like hang out at her place and just and she would teach me how to cook she was a really good cook so like yeah she taught me how to make risotto and then um like one day we got together and like she taught me how to like confit duck which is like crazy um crazy that's a huge like going from risotto to confit duck is a huge leap is it yeah not? yes so like that's cool. but it was it was awesome because then like we just like like she'd invite me over and then with like confit duck takes like at least like well it's got to spend at least like three and a half hours in the oven so we'd be at her place for like five hours just like hanging out and like doing stuff and like watching tv and like but it was like um it's just like like it just like looking back at it now and like having this conversation with you it just seems like the two always kind of just somehow ended up intertwining yeah, yeah, it sounds like you always, like, had a good mix, you know, yeah. like, being able to do one of the things you really liked and then mixing in the other thing you also really like. that's rare as well. Yeah. And then, like, at what point did the food just, like, take over? Uh, So then, like, um, I'd say, so after I graduated... Um, uh, I started working at, um, it was like, at the time it was Sage at the River Cree. Like I was oh, there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Almost like full time. Mostly like, again, same thing. It was like, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like the food that I was cooking there, but then it was also really nice. Cause like I had made a lot of like good friends, um, one of them actually, his name's Robbie. He's like a huge fan of yours too. So, oh really? yeah, of course. Now you guys have been in the studio together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be so excited to hear that I was on your podcast. Yeah, um, what's up, but, Robbie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, um, but yeah, like it was nice there because, like, you know, we had like unlimited casino budget. So, like, if we ever wanted to experiment with anything, like, we just ordering the food and whatever like um and like uh at that point like high graded clothes and then like 
I just, there wasn't any other retail stores that I was really overly interested in working at. And like, I didn't want to, and it was, I didn't really want to be just like a sales person anymore. And then I also wasn't quite ready to like take that leap into like moving somewhere else to try and pursue fashion because it's so hard to do here. Yeah, yeah. And then, so I just was like actually at a really stagnant point in my life and like was like, you know, like low key, a little bit depressed, but like not, you know, like definitely could have been worse. Um, but then, um, then the pandemic happened and then, um, then, uh, then I was like stuck at home for a long time and, um, didn't do anything. And that was actually kind of nice. Cause then I got away from the casino <laughs> and then they started calling everyone back to work. And then I was like, Oh God, like I do not want to come back uh, to that hellhole. And then, um, that's when my friend told me that the chef at the common Lindsay was looking for help. And then, so I, uh, messaged her and I was like, Hey, I, I heard you needed like a, like more help in the kitchen. Like, um, like I am looking for like hours and then, and, and also looking to like leave the casino and then. It's actually kind of funny because I, when I like interviewed with her, like I, I'd met her quite a few times, like we, her and I were like, her and I kind of friends. And so I was like really straight up, like I, I will like come to work every day and like be a good worker and like do what you need me to do and I'll do it well. But like in full transparency, like I am kind of like in a space in my life where I don't really know what I want to do with my life. I might move away in like three months. So like, don't count on me to actually like, like move up or like anything like that. And, but like, I can be that like filler person until you find that other person that you're looking for. Right. And then, um, so then working there uh, was actually really eye opening because um, before before that kitchen, all the other kitchens I had been in were like kind like weren't the worst, but they were definitely like the stereotypical kitchens that you hear about that are like like all men and like all very toxic and just like, you know, everyone jokes about like um I don't know, like putting cornstarch down your pants because like your balls are sweaty, which I and like and then like objectifying servers and stuff oh and like, for sure i've like even i've heard a ton of like horror stories from kitchens and i've never worked like in a restaurant so yeah like they, they've leaked all the way to the mainstream so i, <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean and, yeah. and you're saying it's all like for the most part true in yeah. in a toxic kitchen yeah and then um uh, and then all and then that's just like like the stuff that actually happens on the line but then like from a um like a logistical side of it too like you know um working for like 12 13 hours but then only getting paid for eight and yeah 
that that kind of stuff too but then when I started working at the common it was like completely different it was like um you know you get scheduled for eight hours and then or nine hours and then you get paid for the eight or the nine hours that you work and then um I remember like someone coming up to me being like hey do you want to go on a break and I'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> And then I'm like, for how long? And then they were like, I don't know, like 30 minutes. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's a luxury <laughs> you hadn't experienced yet. yeah, totally. And then, um, and then like the kitchen at the time, like it was like, uh, there were like a couple guys that worked there. And then like the, and then, but then like on the like service line during dinner was like, it was like four, four other girls and like, it was just that the vibe was just so different. Like it was when it was busy, it was just like, it was just like all like, it was just focused on service and it just felt so like so much more efficient and it didn't have to be like, which I'm not, I'm not saying like the other like lines weren't efficient. Like we always got the food out and we got it out quick and we got it on time. But then there wasn't that extra bit of like it, like Like when a when an attractive server grabbed the food and turned around, no one had to like go out of their way to be like, you know, everyone stared her ass like. Oh, of course, just a civilized work environment now. Yeah, you know, it was just That's so it was just, it was refreshing. that's amazing. That's good. It's like this, and it's terrible. I feel sorry for you having to be on the other end of it as well. I'm, Yeah. I'm sure it's worse than you're leading on. Yeah, and then um and then I remember like the one the the most eye-opening moment for me was like when uh when one of the servers at Common like she she was like a bit overwhelmed with something and then she had a tray full of stuff and then she had to like put it in like the pass where like all the food normally goes and then so Yeah. she asks like our sous chef like hey like sorry I just have to like do this real quick do you mind if I just put this tray in the window for a second and like I feel and then I I felt like my heart dropped because like in any other kitchen like the chef would have like reamed her out and then Yeah. um the response from like uh my sous chef there at the time was oh my god sweetheart take your time like whatever you need and I was like what just happened That <laughs> that's like I was really expecting cool a war that you <laughs> can you can like pinpoint that one exact moment that gave you that like sentiment. That's that's Yeah. very cool. Yeah. So then at that point I was like, okay, this is like this is sick. <laughs> um and then and then um and then yeah, like it was just like it was just like I don't know, it was almost like a like a deprogramming. Like I like then everything just felt like good when I was there. And then um And then I got to know like Kyla and Justin and like Rob and um, and then like the chef at the time, Lindsay, she would just tell me little things like, hey, like, you know, like Kyla, like Kyla thinks you're doing a really good job and like she likes what you're doing and stuff. And then, you know, like stuff that like you just like normally wouldn't get from other places that like just made me as like a like a lost like a lost 30 year old. with like no goals in life 
feel good about what was happening around me. Like just little moments of like validation and yeah. acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how like little things like that can go like such a long way. Yeah. So I'm assuming based on this, like at some point you decided you weren't going to move and that you were going to take like a more permanent role there. Did you ever like tell them that or did it just kind of happen on its own? Well, like some other things happened like there, there's, um, there was like a, like a health thing with one of their sous chefs. And then she kind of went like MIA for like a month during like their busiest time in like December. So then I just, like no literally no one could get a hold of her no one knew where she went and then so I just ended up like um like I had the experience and then I just ended up taking on the role and then um and then with that it was like well if I'm like if I'm like doing all of her work then I want to get paid accordingly yeah, and then of course. like oh absolutely and then so um then I got like a like a little bit of a promotion to just like more of a, like a supervisor role in the kitchen. And then, um, then like shortly after that is when like they decided they wanted to, um, like they were always going to close Prairie just cause it was like financially not viable. And then, yeah. um, and then they always, then it was like, then they approached, Lindsay and I with the idea of like foos and then they were like and then I was sort of hesitant to like sign on because like originally the idea like for foos was that it was going to be like a late night takeout like Chinese dim sum place yeah yeah I think that's how like when I first heard that it was coming like through the grapevine I think that's how it was kind of presented to me yeah yeah and then um and then I didn't like like my so like my background is like in um it's like more or less like it's not I I'm hesitant to say fine dining because like there isn't any like at the time I guess fine dining was like hard to come by in Edmonton so it's like as fine dining as you can get in Edmonton like those were the like restaurants that I did work at Right. Then to like pivot, like working at Common already was like a huge pivot for me to like do kind of like that gastropub style of food. Yeah. And then to like then pivot even further and do like late night Chinese takeout was like, I it was just like, I don't know. I think this is like way too much for me. (laughs) Do you like it? It sort of sounds like, I mean, just from this conversation, you like a challenge. So did yes. you like like you half were kind of standoffish, but did the other half of you want to like see if you could do something new? Well, it wasn't really like it wasn't like it wasn't really like that. It it was more so like um I guess just um because I wasn't I don't know, like I wasn't gonna mess with their idea. Right. <laughs> if they want to do late night takeout and I like I think in that little corner spot, like it made sense because like um on f- when when common has like club nights, people do like pour out of there at the end of the night and 
they like go out and smoke and like you know having a little spot right next door where people could just get like some dim sum to eat on the street like i, I thought that was genius yeah no no um, it, they, it sounds awesome yeah um but then um it just really wasn't like my vibe because i don't typically well like at that point up at that up until that point i'd never cooked chinese food before like professionally actually no not even professionally like at all because at home like my my parents make me chinese food like so i've never i've never like learned how to cook it except for like you know the odd soup from my grandma and like little things like that but like it's like if i'm cooking at home like like i didn't want to make chinese food for my parents because then it's like you know they could do it better do your parents and grandparents make good chinese food oh yeah like i like if you ask anyone like i'm so i like I'm so insecure about like the food that I make because like my parents' food just like blows mine out of the water. So yeah. like whatever, like it's just, it's like, it's hard for me to like, I don't know. Like I, I have a hard time, like um, even just like tasting the food that I make. Cause it's, cause I don't know. I just like, I'm like, I don't know. My mom could do it better. So <laughs> Have, have they ever like said anything like about how they feel about your well, food i assume they've tried it right have they like signed off on it being good well it's funny because when they when foos first opened um i invited my family to like the soft open right. and they like roasted the hell out of it they were Ooh. like the beef is too tough like this isn't good and this was weird and they just went off and I was like okay my life is ruined and then um but then I like I then I went and I fixed all of that stuff um and then they've been back since and then and they like the food now and it's like it's different but they're like they're like proud of me but then I but then you know that little bit of like you know, it's just like I think it's just that whole thing when you when you like grow up with very strict parents, like it just never leaves you. Yep. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, though, them saying that might have lit a bit of a fire under you to like kick it up a bit and fix all that stuff. So maybe they just helped an immense uh, amount with like perfecting those dishes. Yeah, no, like definitely, but like it's just like I don't know. Sometimes I just want to like, I just want to invite everyone over to my parents' place and just be like, "This is how good it could actually be, though." Yeah. When, when or like, the food at Foos is, is great. I'm like, but it could be so much better. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like, I mean, any even the best food in on the planet could technically be better right so i wonder yeah if, if the more you understand food if it just becomes more of a like moving target like that yeah no absolutely i agree with that 100 percent. did did your parents just make food like to feed you or were they like employed in the restaurant industry um no yeah like my so my my mom works uh 
she's like a supervisor at a um it's like a like a factory that just like um makes like fire retardant clothing and then um my dad he he's like just like being um you know like uh they immigrated here when they were like 18 19 like really young um so like he like all of all my life like he's had to juggle at least like four or five jobs to like to take care of like all of us and he like and he provides for um like he's got two sisters and another brother and then like my and then like his parents as well so um he like takes care of a lot of like a lot of our family so um he has worked in restaurants but it's just been like you know like a like a line cook at a like you know like a shitty motel restaurant um he's been a delivery driver a lot like just and then he's like and then he works in construction like so like nothing like serious like I remember when I when we were younger he used to like he used to love making like chicken cordon bleu but it was like it's like so like um it's so like it's like what you would get if you ordered chicken cordon bleu from like like a Denny's you know <laughs> it's just like honey ham inside of like a chicken breast that's been sliced in half and then like like a slice of Swiss cheese in there. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, it's exactly, um, it's like if you Googled a recipe online and it was like, and like a, like a mom from out of the country, like a mom, like a country mom made it, you know? It's just very yeah. classic. So you grew up eating a lot of that? Um, Like that was like, if my, if my dad was like, like excited and he wanted to like make something and then he just happened to be home because he wasn't really home a lot right um, and then um when we were kids like it was my grandma who stayed home with us a lot and so she she mostly cooked for us and it was just like it was chinese food so it was like rice and like um you know like a lot of like braised pork or vegetables and like so that was like always it was like yeah really like traditional chinese foods um which were all like super tasty but like very like like plain right yeah okay i can i don't know a lot about food but i can envision sort of yeah but i mean that's incredible that they were making such like top tier food and it wasn't even necessarily there I mean, it wasn't your mom's profession at all, and it was loosely your dad's at times. Yeah. So, yeah, most people I, like, talk to in here when they kind of reference growing up with with food, their parents are usually in that industry. You know, it's, like, more, more unheard of to, like, excel at cooking when that's not your full-time profession. Yeah, no, like, but, I don't... I still don't I have no idea how my mom does it like uh, sometimes I'll go home for dinner and like she just like she's just like oh are you hungry and then she just like whips something up and it's just like man like this is like better than anything I could ever make <laughs> and it's just like like leftovers from like 
the fridge and like some pantry stuff. I don't know. Not not all moms, but some moms are just like wizards like that. Yeah. And just like cook up the most delicious food with like not that many ingredients. And I too like wonder how they did it, but to them it's like nothing. You know, it's just yeah. like an extension of, of their day to day. Yeah. Sorry for the interruption. I just want to quickly mention another sponsor of this podcast, Town Square Brewing. I know Wesley recently quit drinking, so I'm sure he would appreciate us highlighting some non-alcoholic options, such as our hot water, sparkling tea, and Italian soda. Be sure to look for those, in addition to their beers wherever you usually find your craft drinks. If your favorite liquor store or bar doesn't have Town Square in their cooler, you should ask them why they don't. Please drink responsibly. 18 plus, of course. Let's get back to the episode. I really hope you're enjoying it so far. So, like, growing up, being exposed to food like that, like, you never, from a really young age, like, saw food being in your future? Like, it was always... Like, actually, how how young were you when you started to become interested in fashion? Like, was that before food, or were those sort of the same time, and then they developed, like, as you were telling us? Um, I think, like, it started, like, in my, like, early teens, so, like, maybe, like, 13, 14 was when I started getting into, like, fashion. Um, <clears throat> and then, um like a couple years after then like when I like discovered the food network was when I started also kind of being interested in food but like never as a career I just thought it was like it just was like cool yeah and like fun and then but then like at that point it was always like man I like this would be the dream if this could be my career um you know to like um to be like at runway shows and stuff like that like that was always like that would have been the dream do you remember uh and it, obviously it's cool if you don't but was there like one thing that sort of like really piqued your interest in clothing and all that like do you remember seeing one specific thing where you decided like i'm gonna be into this now because of this um I think it was like, um, I think it was probably when, when I just sort of became like, like old enough to just start like clothing shopping for myself. And then like, um, I remember the first time I stepped foot in like, um, like it, it's like, it's so different now like the vibe and stuff but like it was like the g-star store when it first opened yeah when everything was like so like everything was like folded like to perfection it was like so crisp and clean and like minimalist and then and it just really did look just like a like a showroom more than a clothing store and there was like um nothing else like it at the time and um and then the people who worked there were like really nice and like even though I was like literally just a kid uh definitely was not going to buy anything 
they like took the time to like give me the this whole spiel about like what the brand was about and like um that you know it was like that it's like from Amsterdam and um and then like the whole denim thing and then that just like like blew me away so I don't even know really what the question is here I just see kind of a through line with you like going to school for like fabrics and textiles but then also being interested in like how merchandising and like the aesthetics of a store work and now you are making the food like arguably the textiles and the fabrics of food is making it but then you also get to see like how the aesthetics of the restaurant can help push that product like do you does your brain work sort of the same way when you think about either well yeah like I like I try to apply a lot of like like the concepts I guess like in terms of like when I um when I worked at G-Star like I um <clears throat> I at one point like I was like their merchandising manager and like they sent me to Montreal to do like a buying trip and and like um they actually had like a pretty good like training program there at the time and I, uh, they would send down this guy who was like from their head office. Um, and they'd have like so many, like, um, just like handbooks about like how they merchandise and like all these things, like cues to look for and stuff like that. And I just like soaked all that up about like, just like balance and like aesthetics and shapes and color, color, like color blocking and, um and so like I apply a lot of like that to like the way that I plate and like and then just like and then how like it should look like overall in the room and just like and just like like balance especially and like um I had a lot of fun actually like when we were um opening foods like picking out the plates and the like the 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 plateware and all that stuff and like how it like matches the room and like how it would look on the table and then and then the food that goes on it like just um yeah like it it also like applies it's just instead of yeah instead of um fabrics it's like you said it's like uh, it's ingredients yeah, I'm just I'm thinking like really, really well made clothing. You can push it even more with the way it's presented, right? So with mm-hmm. like really good food plated really well can just like add to it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like that's I mean, again, I I don't know anything about food, but that's just the way my mind is working right now. Mm-hmm. Uh a little different of a question, but sort of the same. I know, like, Foosh obviously just, or not just, but a little bit ago moved to a bigger location. Is there any, like, noticeable differences in, like, making the food? Or is it, like, the same for the smaller spot as it is now, like, for the more elaborate spot? Uh, It's, like, 
it's like totally different. <laughs> like, so our, um, our old spot was like, uh, um, I don't know if you've ever like, uh, been to Prairie when it was open, but, um, like they had like the open kitchen. Right. So, um, their little kitchen was literally our kitchen at Foo's, um, like same size, so tiny. And then, um, <clears throat> all we had in there was like two fryers like a little six burner with an oven and then like a combi and then just like some uh like uh like salad prep table things and then um and that's all we had space for like uh, even at its busiest like i could only fit like four four people in a dip four people plus uh a person on the side for washing dishes and then it'd be like even if it was like even a, even if I wanted to like schedule more people like the space would not physically allow it like we would all just be like bumping into each other yeah um, and then and now like the now the kitchen is like and it's it's huge like it's so it's so long it's like a proper kitchen line but then at the same time like it's um it's it's a little bit harder because like because old foods was so small like we could all we could all like everything was so close that it was like everyone could do everything and then now because it's so big it's like it's all like it's stretched out and so it's like everyone really has their own designated station now which like is good in terms of efficiency but then it's a little bit less i i'd say it's a little bit less um it's definitely less fun to cook in like it's definitely it's like now it's like all business but it like but it's it's so much more busier so it like makes sense in that regard <clears throat> i wonder but if you got like really used like really used to the old kitchen and then they moved because like they really they did that within a year right like the initial one was only open for about a year before they moved yep yeah it was like almost exactly a year which is i mean like maybe seems fast but i wouldn't say it's too fast like i know a bit about how they operate over there they wouldn't do it at all unless it was like a the a plus idea right so i assume mm -hmm. They knew exactly what they were doing. It's funny when I when I asked that, I didn't know if that was a dumb question. Like if you were gonna be like, well, it's the exact same. Like we just cook the same food, we just serve it. But it's nice, nice that you can like kind of break it down as why it's different. Would you, like you were saying it was more fun at the old one does that mean like you prefer the old way over the new way or is there just like pros and cons to each i like there's definitely pros and cons like in the new space because it's so much bigger we have like um we have better equipment so we can like put out food faster um because like uh at the old space we didn't actually have like a an actual walk burner so then um if you ordered things from like wok dishes they would take longer to come out like almost like i'd say like double triple the time 
um because like wok burners like they they burn like um like when you turn them on they almost look like uh like they burn on like rocket fuel or something like they're like jets that like spray fire out uh, as opposed to oh actually, yeah like, i've i've seen thing. it in hell's kitchen or something yeah, yeah i've seen i know what you mean yeah so now we have actual um walk burners for our walks and then because we were just using walks and on top of like a range stove and then so like same same effect in the end just a longer to reach the same conclusion yeah yeah um like we would uh like it, we, you just have to like wait for the for the walk to heat up now we don't really have to do that because it happens in like seconds is that hard to get used to? Like, did you like burn a few of the dishes like day one? Oh yeah, like uh, the first the the first couple of days that we were in there it was like the kitchen was like always so smoky, <laughs> and um, yeah, so there was a little bit of a learning curve, but it was like it, it was it wasn't too bad. Do you uh yeah. I... I want to give you a chance to kind of promote something of yours directly. Do you have a favorite dish that you make at Foos that you would like recommend when people come in, make sure to try that one? Let's see. I haven't been to the new one yet. So say like Sarah and I are coming in. What's what's like the, the, the best, the one you want to like impress people with, let's say. Honestly, I think our like our fried rice is like is like delicious. That that's funny. That's what I've heard. And I yeah. have that in my mind, wondering if you were gonna say that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone <laughs> says like it's like when I ask what to eat, everyone says that and they always preface it by saying, I know it's just fried rice, like it's a weird like you know, you wouldn't normally recommend that as the must-try dish, but I think yeah. probably 98% of recommendations have been that. Yeah, it, it's just, it's also very unique. It's not like uh, like a typical fried rice, too, so I'd have to pick that one. Yeah. Uh, how much, uh, I mean, estimate, like, how much input did you have on setting the menu? Or were you not, like, fully doing what you're doing now when they instituted the menu uh so when it, when we first opened it was like um i would say maybe like 85% oh that's still good yeah it was like well it was like me and lindsay um but like lindsay also didn't really have any experience well she she also didn't have experience like with um, Chinese cuisine. And then so like I would write a, so I wrote a draft menu and then her and I just kind of worked on everything together and then like added and took stuff off and like, or like edited things together. So like, um, yeah. That, that's cool. I, I definitely did not think you were going to, say 85 like i thought because you were new like you were gonna be, like Lindsay would have said most of it but and then when you moved 
Did you guys like retain the menu or did you like drop stuff and add stuff? How did that go? Well, like at the at the start, like actually, um, like I, um, when, like I, I get like bored really easily. So then at the start, I actually used to change a menu. Like, um, the reason why we have like paper menus is because I used to change the menu. Like, um, like it was like almost like, like almost every like month and a half, I'd like change at least like a couple things on the menu. Um, and then, uh, but I have, I haven't done like a big change in like quite a few, quite a few months now, but we are going to like s probably do a big switch up for like, um, winter. Um, but like, I'd like now this like current menu that we're running is like, is like really different from the one we ran from the start. And that, like that change was instituted when you moved to the new location. No, when we moved to the new location, like it, it was just kind of like a little summer change. So we added like more salads, and then there was like maybe uh, the desserts changed a little bit, and then just like little things that just like made it a little bit fresher. Yeah, I guess like you know. A city like this where the seasons are like so drastic. Yeah. They're, like so different. You wanna like change the food to like kind of suit that. Which I I mean, I again like I can't say enough. I don't know anything about food, but I do appreciate the idea of like menus changing with seasons or at least like summer to winter. Like one one like drastic change a year. Yeah. It's cool that you guys think about that too. Yeah. Well, yeah, like most places will do like um yeah, seasonal changes and stuff. I'd like to change it more often, but I don't know. Yeah, change. I it. mean, I'm all for change. Like some restaurants, even like my favorite restaurants can get like a little like boring you know if it's the same thing every time they haven't changed like one thing on the menu i guess that's how like legacies are formed right like never changing year after year but i i personally like the like variations a bit i'm i'm all for you guys changing i i actually i hope they would change more but like in your head would you change too much like would you want to change like every couple of weeks Oh, I think couple every couple of weeks would be like I think my prep cooks would hate me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How was it actually? I didn't even think to ask this until right now. You as you're learning like all these like new ways to cook and like new, like Chinese food wasn't really on your like resume before. Did you also have to learn how to like manage people? Like how to have like chefs and everyone in the kitchen like under you or i don't know if that's like a rude way to say it like how did you deal with being the boss um yeah it was like it it was um it was weird for at the beginning i think um i have like managed people in like a retail sense um like both at high grade and at g star um but like never in a restaurant setting um it's definitely i think it's weirder in a restaurant setting just because like 
sometimes people tend to take that like that hierarchy a lot more seriously yeah um, i've been i i feel like i've been very like fortunate like in that like everyone on my team is like the age ranges like vary a lot but everyone's like really mature and they're here to like and they just like they they're here because you know they like they believe in like the food and like the restaurant and they're here to learn and like we're all here for like similar goals and like there hasn't been I haven't had to actually do very much like shitty parts of like managing I think at the start I was like pretty firm with like if they I had I did have to like let a couple people go and I I just was like I was like you know like you're still on probation and I'm just it's not working out so like let's just not draw it out kind of thing and I think um that worked out for me because like a lot of my day one people are still like with me now yeah, I was gonna say like as as time goes, that probably gets easier. Like not that you need to do it all the time, but if it does come up again, you're a bit more used to it every time. And then yeah, yeah like the the right people stick around and just gain like trust and relationship day to day. So yeah, in the end, that that seems to me like you be kind of like just get better over time. Mm-hmm. and then it's just like i don't know like it's it's just like a matter of um paying attention to like the needs of the team like i don't really feel like like yes it's like a workplace and like i'm i'm having to like manage like a group of people but it more so like day to day it feels like it's just like it's a team that i'm taking care of right that's i mean it couldn't be better i guess like it, it sounds like you're pretty like fortunate in in all aspects of of working with these people i know i don't know them that well but i've worked with them a bit on some things before the everyone i've met that works there is is a plus like the nicest people the greatest ideas so much like trust with like all the people they have around them, which is also <laughs> to me it seems pretty key, right? Just uh maybe not even in just restaurants, like just in a lot of industries, like having that trust and like faith in the people you decide to like bring on. And it sounds like they really trust you and have a lot of faith in what you're doing. Yeah, no, I've definitely been very like fortunate in that regard. <laughs> So I guess like to, to sum it all up, how how long have you actually been a chef for? Like uh the like your position now at Foos, has it been just since a little bit after the first Foos open? Uh yeah. So like the the plan was always so I guess like I never like completely finished that s- story of like the like the foo's origin story how it became this and not like a late night takeout place oh right right, right. (laughs) of course please uh if you remember where we left off finish that up because i was interested as well thank you um it like 
uh what so um where did we leave off even like think... you you were saying it or i think i said i had heard that it was supposed to be kind of a late night like dumpling street food spot and then you were saying you were Kind of like standoffish a bit because you hadn't made any of these dishes before. I think right, yeah, that's yeah. where we were. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so I was kind of hesitant at first to like sign on to the project because like that style of cooking and style of food was like completely out of my wheelhouse. And then um I at that point I kind of just agreed to like help um with like some of the recipes and then like designing the menu a little bit and then um and just like just like the background stuff but I did not want to be like the chef and like or actually like super involved with the project aside from like just you know helping because I like I don't know I wasn't like super keen on doing like casual takeout food and like I did not want to like exclusively do like late night takeout and yeah. whatever right so then at that point um they got me they got my foot in the door <laughs> and then so I started like researching food and then um thinking about stuff that would be like cool to be on the menu and then um and then I don't know like I I always like to tell people that I'm not very competitive but then then I like immediately prove myself wrong and do something that's like super competitive <laughs> like um and then and then I don't know I, I just like kind of got it in my mind that like like I was like I don't even know where it came from but I was like what if they don't think that I'm like capable of like making good Chinese food or like what if they don't think that I know good Chinese food or something and then um and then I uh I like wanted them to put um my dad's beef noodle soup on the menu uh which is still in the menu because it's it's like my favorite thing that my dad makes and it's like he he like rarely ever makes it because it's like this like three day long process and um it's uh yeah it's like super labor intensive and just like so it's whenever he does make it it's always like it's a big it's a big deal to me and then so uh I asked him to make it and show me how to make it and then so that I could like bring it to like um all the owners and have them try it just to like prove myself somehow I don't really know I don't like what was going through my mind at the time but then so like I like I got my dad to like show me how to make the soup and then um I remember like it was like it was like like snowing or like the weather was like it was not like the driving conditions were bad that day and I like packed up a bunch of soup to go and then I like dropped it off at everyone's at uh at like Lindsay's place and then at Justin and Kyla's place. 
and then I like made them try it and then they like all loved it and then then they were like yeah like the soup is amazing like we want it on the menu and then then I was like wait like I don't like this is like my dad's like family recipe and like I don't want to just like write that down on a recipe book and like have everyone just like have access to it because I know like you know like um being a cook like when um like when you like come across a good recipe at a restaurant like you just take a picture of it and you're like hell yeah like I'm gonna make this and I'm like I'm like I, I would essentially be like giving away this recipe and then so um then I just had like a little like like crisis moment and I was like what have I done and then uh then I was like okay like if we're gonna do this then I need to be a part of it like I need to have some control over it and like whatever and then so that's that was the moment when I was like okay so like we can do the soup but it's like then I have to be like a part of the restaurant and then so then that's like I just went from like zero to a hundred right that's I mean, incredible. That one of the better stories you told me. I'm, I'm really glad you remembered to circle back and fit that in. How did your dad feel about his recipe being on the menu? Like he he was like he was definitely like really hesitant about it. Like, um, well, he like he's he's proud that the soup is on the menu, but he is like weary about the recipe just being like there so he's always just kind of like um he's always like you know like make sure you're the only one who makes the soup and whatever and I'm just like yeah yeah like I'm not actually gonna do that like <laughs> but like um you know he's just like he, like he's very like protective of it and whatever but then it's like but then he sees the results and then it's like a complete like 180 where he's like okay like this is good because like um when uh when foos first opened um i was still living at home and um i would i would go home and then like at and like it would be another night where it was like we completely sold out of soup and he would be like and like me telling him that like would make him so happy yeah and, like, proud and so it was just like it was like completely justified uh, did he, he gave you 100% the recipe or did he like make one subtle change like just so it wasn't the exact thing or did he give you like full licensing over it? Um, I guess I'll never know, but I mean, it tastes pretty damn good. So it tastes pretty damn similar. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So to you, he didn't change anything he might have secretly. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I I I definitely respect the fact that he would want to like keep something that like pure kind of close to his heart. But I could also see why someone would like be extremely proud when they heard their recipe was like selling out at, at the city's like top spot right now. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I uh 
Usually I end up like chatting way too long on these things, but I'm looking at my timer and I think we're at the exact sweet spot. And I always hate cutting people off, but I feel this is like the perfect time to kind of wind down. If you, uh, before we hop off, I mean, of course, Foods Repair Shop ever, and I'll I'll link it, but where where can people like find your food or your restaurant or you whatever you want to promote like please please do uh so yeah um i spend all of my time at food repair shop right now uh which is on jasper ave and then i'm actually um actually the executive chef um helping head chef josh nan at uh Dolly's Cocktails, which is where Foos used to be. Oh, see, I I should have known that as well. I was thinking this whole time if you had any input on the operations at Dolly's because it's in the old space. And yeah, sorry, I I should have promoted all that. And actually, one, one last question. I never asked what your official title is at Foos. Uh, so my official title, like I'm, uh, I'm like the executive chef and then I'm also a partner there as well. Um, and then, um, yeah, so chef partner and then, um, that would be my title. And then, uh, at my, my work at Dolly's, like I wasn't on there at the very start uh, i was doing a little bit of consulting and then um and then i just became a little and then i just became more involved um afterwards so that's yeah. incredible you've uh you really built up a little empire in a pretty <laughs> short span of time that's incredible yeah it's um it's fun it's like a it's definitely like a challenge that I never thought that I would be like seeking, but it's, it's good. And I like it. It's nice that I'm getting to like um, diversify the cuisine that I'm like working on. Um, And then uh, I'm also a chef in residence with um, the Epic group, which is um, if you've ever gotten stuck in the uh construction bit on gateway and uh white ave the little construct uh the little shipping container park that they're building on that corner oh that i was actually stuck in that traffic last night and just staring at that box and wondering what's happening with it so yeah that's cool yeah so um i like i won't um like physically be there super often but like i've uh written a menu for them for one of the spots there and i'll be like consulting and doing events there when they open as well that's that's incredible yeah Yeah, that's a a cool looking building yeah it's uh they show me some renderings and it's like it it looks like it's going to be like beautiful inside too um, it just like came out of nowhere. I swear, the last time I was stuck in that traffic, it wasn't yeah. as far along. And then last night, I was like, "Oh, this is like 
close to being done maybe yeah yeah it's like i think it is like really close like last time they talked to me they said like november so like fingers crossed i guess <laughs> yeah i guess all of that takes a bit longer than they say it will yeah in my experience at least but yeah no that's i mean you got got your plateful i guess what is there anything like what's next is there anything you can speak of or are you just trying to like do all of these things as efficiently as possible well like um my so like i like i grew up um like uh like two blocks north of um the uh Italian center that's like right downtown. Right. In Italy, uh like in Boyle like in the Boyle Macaulay area. Cool. And so like um me and my family we used to like bike to like Chinatown a lot and then and like um like my grandma would like walk like walk to the Italian center with me when we were just when I was just a kid and so like like I my brother is like really involved with like all the efforts in like trying to revitalize Chinatown yeah and so I've just recently like uh, even though like as foos like we do I want to say like 80 90 percent of our like um grocery shopping like through various vendors in Chinatown um yeah it's like i've always wanted a place in chinatown as well um so like um me and my brother will be like working on a like a fun project in chinatown because right now he owns um van lock the uh, vietnamese sub shop that's oh like compound that, cut. I, I should have been on that as well that's one of my favorite subs. oh yeah maybe the favorite sub spot that's amazing yeah so um we uh we're looking to like open up like a like another space in chinatown that will hopefully bring more people in that's so, incredible I'm all the the like everyone just doing more for chinatown right now i know it seems we have a long way to go but it's very cool to see a lot of like younger people I talk to have sort of ideas for what they can do to like kind of revitalize that neighborhood. A lot of like businesses in talk. So very cool, mm -hmm. very promising. I think in the next couple of years, that'll be like kind of one of the hubs for like food, I guess. It sounds like everyone, everyone I've talked to has ideas for that. They're all kind of food related, but that's kind of what we need more of right you never get enough good food yeah and like i think food is a great way to like a great place to start for sure to like bring people in right because people always come for the food yeah of course yeah like get them in with the food and then maybe entice them to to do other things in the neighborhood yeah but, absolutely. Uh, yeah no that that's awesome i uh, can't wait to to see what goes on with that but like i said i don't want to take up any more of your day but thank you so much for uh 
chatting with me. I I learned a lot, and uh, you know, I would I'd wish you good luck, but it it definitely sounds like you do not need my luck wishings. No, like thank you so much for having me. Like it's been um, such a pleasure talking to you, and like an honor being on here. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Pleasures all mine. It it really reminds me of like just one of the chats we have had like years ago at the studio. So this kind of brings me back again. Shout out Robbie. I, uh, <laughs> I, he's one of the many people I don't see anymore because I'm not at the studio and I I miss all the all the friends and all the acquaintances from there. But yeah. Other yeah, well, you gotta that, come by the restaurant, and uh, yeah, I I live right downtown, and I haven't been to the new one yet. I I definitely should. Me, I'll yeah, like, I'll you know. I'll see when you're gonna be there. Maybe we can say hi. But yeah, uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the rest of your day. Don't Thank work you. too hard, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you soon. Thank you. You too, Wes. All right. Bye. Okay. See you. Bye.